Hello and welcome to Like a Green and Gold Girl. I'm your host, Libby Warren, and in this podcast series, I'll be chatting to some of the University of Nottingham's top female athletes to find out more about their experiences in sport and their time at university. In this episode, I chat to UON scholar Jess Maitland. Jess is part of England's national squad for karate and her top achievements include placing 5th in the Junior Europeans team event and 7th in the Junior World Championship team event. Alongside competing internationally, Jess is in her third year of studying psychology at the University of Nottingham. Hello Jess. Hi. How are you today? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Is the first week back tiring you up? Yeah, yeah. I'm finished already. (laughs) I'm ready to go back home. That's just final year, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The grind never stops. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about your background in sport. Um, And I want to know what attracted you to karate? Yeah, so when I was younger, when I was about four or five, my brother would go to karate on Saturdays and I would get sent to ballet. And I thought karate was way cooler than ballet. Like, mm. and <laughs> what little sister doesn't want to do what their brother, like older brother is doing? I was just obsessed. I wanted to be a part of it. It seemed like so much more fun. And when I started it was just so much fun. The coach was so much nicer than the ballet teachers. Ballet teachers are very strict and karate coaches are a lot more fun. Um, so I got into it through my brother and I just stuck with it ever since. I think I was four or five roughly oh, that, wow. old, that old. But it's one of those sports where you get into when you're little, you know, and you just stick with. And then I got straight into competing straight away. Not when I was four or five, when I was a little bit older. But I just loved it. I didn't care about medals. I just loved the days. I loved competing. And that's all I've ever known. And it's just been a massive part of my life ever since I started with my brother. And then I just stuck with competing, made some great friends along the way. And eventually I went on to select for England when I was a bit older. I got a bit more serious around like 14 or 15. Mm. So... I had a few goes selecting for England. Didn't make it the first few times, but that that's okay. No. Uh, eventually got picked in 2017. And it felt great because, you know, worked really hard for it. And yeah, that's yeah, how that, I got started. That's a massive achievement. Yeah. Like representing your country in like international art. It's brilliant. Um, is your brother still playing? No, he doesn't. He quit ages ago. He he he's the opposite of me in every sense. He just did it because he liked cry. Yeah. Hated competing. Mm. It was a nightmare for my mum and dad. Whenever they would take us to competitions, my brother hated being there. Didn't want to be there, and I was just loving it. Yeah, like there's such a difference between us. Yeah, yeah. So I think I might be wrong, but is black belt the height of the the top belt? Kind of, yeah, so kind of. So when you get to your black belt, you're obviously a black belt, it's called a first dan, and then there's levels after that where you can keep grading, so then you'll get your second, third, fourth, fifth, and it goes up to, I I don't actually know, it's terrible of me that I don't know, and this is my sport, but yeah, so you become a black belt, and then there's stages after that as well. Okay, what age did you 
get your black belt? So I think I was nine turning 10. Wow. I know it just does, I, when I think back, I was like, why did they let me grade when I was like yeah. nine or 10? But yeah, no, it was quite good to achieve that quite young yeah. and have that quite young. And it was kind of cool to show off at primary school yeah, that I was I a black belt. I bet you were popular. I bet you were popular No, I was not. Really? Well, I would have been amazed. I would have been amazed if I was there. Be able to like protect yourself from that age. And is it, um, so I know there's two types of karate. Yes. So there's uh, one in which you compete and then mm. one that's more like performative. Yeah. Could you uh, explain a bit yeah. uh, better than me about <laughs> no, that's what right. they both involve? So to get your black belt, you need to be good at both. And when I was younger, I loved the fighting side of it. I loved it so much. That was all I cared about. And then I got to nine or 10 and I stopped growing and everyone else was ginormous compared to me and I was getting hurt and I was and I just gave up I gave up the fighting side quite young and then I started focusing more on the performance side and the performance is basically like a set routine that you perform and you get scored on for your technique um, speed power against another person doing a different routine and the routines are set you don't change them you don't they're like quite traditional um, but they have been adapted to sport to make them more impressive and like better for people to watch. And as well, you can do a team event in the performance where the three of you do it at the same time, kind of like synchronized swimming or a gymnastic mm. routine. And it is, it's quite impressive to watch. Um, mm. So yeah, so when I was younger and I stopped the fighting side, started the performance, um, I, I loved the performances and I loved team as well. And that's how I got to represent England in Denmark at the Europeans was through team and that was just such a big achievement for me and because that's all I wanted all I wanted to do was be part of the team because who wouldn't want want to be part of like a girls team going away you know it was just that's something I always wanted to do and then when I got I got that achievement it it meant the world to me yeah and that's so cool (laughs) well I I may offend people saying this but it's so much cooler saying you can play that you represent England in karate like internationally <laughs> compared to um I'm a I'm a ballet dancer I'm sorry I'm sorry if that offends anyone but it is so cool mm-hmm. very very cool <laughs> so Jess you're in your final year here at the University of Nottingham what first attracted you to come to this university so um, my roommate at the Europeans in Denmark actually was at this university for karate and that's how I got to know about it because in that year I think I was looking for unis in that year Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to keep up karate because you know you don't want to go to uni let your sport drop off that you've worked on all your life you know Um, and I definitely wanted to move away from home and she was the one that talked so highly of it so highly of the coaches the atmosphere the the training hall I don't know if you've seen it but the I have actually yeah is it on second floor of David Ross yeah yeah yeah. it looks so cool that is literally the best facility in the country like not even lying like I have trained in some absolute horrid places Mm. for karate and it is just amazing and as soon as I got in contact with the coach Sonny Roberts um, he just sold it to me I was like I know I want to come here now and I had one viewing one like not even an open day like the girl from uh, my roommate from the competition just literally showed me around and I was like yeah 
I'm sold. I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question, actually. Who are the coaches? Okay, so the coaches are Sonny Roberts um, and then Joe Mongan or Joseph Mongan. I've known him since... I've known him for a lot longer than uh, Sonny, but yeah, I, I love Joe as well, love Sonny, and then James Bernard as well. Mm. Um, they're literally such a lovely coaching team. They're so supportive, and especially of newcomers as well. They don't just put all the focus on the more experienced athletes. They really, really like pride themselves in focusing on the novices, intermediates, the, the newcomers, mm. and making sure they are just as happy as say like the older ones that kind of know a little bit more what they're doing but they're really really good at focusing on them that was brilliant because didn't karate win like the best performance sport of the year was it last year yeah, yeah. um was it the year before it was my first year at uni i think we got yeah. performance sport of the year okay so a couple years ago but yeah. you have like a very you're very strong here mm. at nottingham yeah like, like you've won a lot of bucks medals haven't you yeah and so the fact that the coaches have like the time and energy to be able to focus on everyone like to the same degree is mm-hmm. brilliant yeah because yeah can't take that for granted no. <laughs> um what are the training schedule and the competition side of things like at university? Yeah, so what we have is we have three sessions a week that are scheduled by coaches. So that is a Tuesday evening, Thursday evening and a Sunday evening. And then the other sessions that are more on the competition side of things is we kind of organise our own training because mm-hmm. to fit around lectures during the day, it, we need to just have our own time yeah. and space to get it in. It's not possible for us to come together all of the time but on a Saturday um, we have a session where it's captain led and we will help out the novices if they're struggling um, like uh, getting them ready for books and things like that that's what we're going to be doing soon because we've got books coming up and that's when we can kind of help them a little bit more Mm. and most of the competition training as well happens outside of Nottingham so my coach uh, is based in Scotland and I will travel up to coach uh, to be coached by her is this for Eng- the England national squad um we'll travel to Birmingham for the England national oh, okay. squad okay so th- this is still uni yeah training. yeah oh, wow. yeah so okay. we'll go to national training once a month it's quite nice because we all get in the same car or we split ourselves up between two cars and we all take each other yeah. across little and, road trip <laughs> yeah literally and we always get nan after England training like it's a tradition yeah it's like a reward for going (laughs) it's like a reward yeah yeah literally and then yeah so then outside of England training and uni stuff I'll also train in Scotland with my coach as well how do you have time yeah um I don't (laughs) (laughs) this is the thing you don't sleep no no (laughs) um how can you Uh, leading on from that how do you balance training for England national squad university team and also doing a whole degree yeah how do you find balance in all of that so I think honestly I found the balance in this year like it's took me two years of practice of getting it wrong to find something that works and it's honestly as simple as get up early get up early and work hard through and little little and often as well and working hard and not putting things off and what I struggled with in my second year when I started to compete abroad a little bit more was managing revision and exams because when you're away on a trip with all your friends you're not going to go sit in your room and revise no. you're not yeah so I know I had to make sacrifices this year 
for my exams and not do those competitions abroad because I know right now I need to get my degree yeah you know yeah um so I'm balancing a bit more this year my competitions around my deadlines around my exams and um bringing your laptop on the plane brilliant Mm -hmm. yeah you get so much more work done because you're just sat there for five hours so why not with the laptop and do some work so yeah that that's how I've started to kind of balance it this year as opposed to last year's yeah when when you say you get up early how early are you talking not that early oh fair enough like I'm trying to get into a new habit of 7am 8am was last last year yeah. I'm trying to push it to 7 7am is yeah. very early yeah. in my life <laughs> I don't know about you but yeah that is really good advice actually because it makes the day so much longer yeah. and then you can probably relax Hope well can you properly um, relax in the evening well we have or? training in the evenings yeah, but your brain can yeah. relax I guess yeah yeah and, and you know you can have time for your karate without feeling guilty that I haven't done this off my to-do list I haven't done that you know it yeah it really helps just getting up early yeah. and you seem very organized as well it's very surface very, level organized oh, really? <laughs> it's organized chaos that's yeah, what it yeah. is <laughs> I mean to be that busy you like it will be chaotic but you seem to be doing well I'm coping this year yeah <laughs> final year why yeah. not yeah So we've already talked a bit about um, how busy you are and um, I can't imagine becoming that the elite level that you are now um, came without any sacrifices. Uh, So I just want to ask, like, were there any big sacrifices that you had to make growing up to become, like, England national squad (laughs) level? Well, I wouldn't say it was one big sacrifice I think it was lots of little ones because when you're at school and doing a sport I think to any kind of higher level it's hard to have a social life that's outside of that I feel like if you're gonna have friends it's within that sport and it's really hard to balance having any more outside of it because so much of your time is dedicated to your sport like I would leave school um, at three start training four till six and then gym after that most Mm. days like I know I was overtraining and that is terrible but when you're young you just train as much as you can because you think that's what's going to make you better so yeah yeah. and like family events things like that again it's just things that I think come with doing the sport to a high level you are going to miss out on that and yeah I think from school it was just all my time was in Croy like it just always was like as soon as I'd leave school I would train for as much as I can yeah Yeah. so was it quite lonely in a way or or did you have a really good group of friends in karate I'd say definitely having a good group of friends in karate made it less lonely mm. um when I was not at such a high level because I'd go to the club training and I would get my training out of that and I'd be with my friends but then once we started to get more elite and kind of we kind of had to separate ourselves from the club because we weren't getting what we needed. Mm. So me and my friend, who is a really great friend of mine, friend since four, lives around the corner, lives with me now, we separated ourselves and trained by ourselves from mm. 15, 16, right up until we came to uni. Mm. Like, we've literally been pretty much self-taught teaching each other 
and that is as much as we appreciate each other you need more than one friend like yeah. you just do <laughs> um but yeah no we kept each other going and I don't think I'd still be doing the sport if I didn't have someone else to yeah. push me along the way I think if I was completely on my own I, I would have really struggled yeah because it's quite a I know you compete in team events but mm. it can be quite like a you do a lot of like solo stuff don't you yeah you, you you're mainly you mainly do your individual yeah. like performances um but when you get to do team that does broaden up your friends and you yeah. get to spend time with them and you get to travel around the country to train with them in different different dojos that's what we call it <laughs> and it does expand your friendship circle but yeah definitely training was lonely to an extent because you you kind of have to leave your club sometimes in order to get better mm. training um, and that is a hard decision to make because it means leaving a lot of the friends that you've made over the years but mm. it, it, you do what you need to do yeah. really don't you yeah, yeah. Um, also you've mentioned your friend uh, is she a female karate he's a uh, he actually he, yeah oh, yeah okay. so um, I met him at one of the karate sessions that were like on an evening during the week not at the school sessions mm. um, and that's how we met and we got put in a team with another boy oh. and that's how we became friends because we were the two younger annoying ones <laughs> and then the other boy was like an older sensible one and we clicked because we were just annoying irritating troublemakers from four <laughs> or five like literally Aww. that's what we were called and yeah so our friendship has stayed since then and into uni not intentionally but mm. it just has but if Nottingham's the hub of karate everyone's gonna go yeah you know and then through England as well I met um my friend who you've probably seen on UN Sport um she's called Jordana who does karate as well does she have uni. brown hair as well I yeah, get, yeah I feel yeah. like I have yeah yeah I met her through England and you you make these connections and it kind of makes up for the loneliness when you've yeah. got friends from karate like from different places yeah and, especially because yeah. they can all relate to like the discipline and, and yeah. everything that you've been through like yeah. competitions and all of that yeah um, is it quite would you say it's still quite male dominated because I know it certainly used to be the mm. the martial art as a whole mm-hmm. um would you say that it's now fairly even or definitely I think we've put a lot of effort this year especially to have more women in the sport especially at this club Mm. and I definitely think we've achieved that when we turn up to training and it's a 50 50 split of boys and girls and at socials we've got more girls than ever coming out Mm. I think we've definitely achieved our goal of having more women in the sport Um, Mm. and that's so important to have more women doing sport in general and especially a martial art because it is such a male dominated sport so I think as committee and coaches and the whole club providing that comfortable environment for women to take part in the sport I think we should be really like quite proud of that yeah that we've got such a good amount of females in the sport yeah and it's also incredibly important especially for women because it's Mm self-defense as well yeah and being able to protect yourself and fight physically fight for yourself Mm -hmm. is uh, a really good weapon to have in a way definitely Um, but that's brilliant that you've been able to like really improve the diversity um so 
I know we've heard about all your hugely <laughs> impressive past international achievements, um, but I want to ask you, what's your personal biggest achievement that's made you feel really proud of yourself? So I had, because of the period of COVID, we went from a long time of having loads of personal achievements to then nothing. And then I was kind of waiting for that one to come. Mm. And when I joined uni, I had, I went through seven rounds of tonsillitis in, what? in six months. It was not fun. It was not fun. Oh, my God. Um, there is an achievement at the end of this story. Um, <laughs> yeah, well done for d- yeah. <laughs> tonsillitis seven times. <laughs> um, so for anyone that's had it, they know you're, you're bedridden for like half a week to a week. And trying to do that, and force yourself to do your sport and improve is impossible when you are on and off antibiotics every every two weeks like once a month I was on antibiotics and it just takes it out of you and I started missing key competitions there was a competition in Croatia which was the first one back after Covid that was um it's called our youth league so it's where under 21s get to compete in a a, like a premier league and I was ill with shingles funny enough from what as well as tonsillitis not tonsillitis that time but it came just after a round of tonsillitis so we think from the gp my immune system was just it's just not okay no it it was not good but i still went to watch because why be sad in a cold country when i could be sad in a hot one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no i started missing key competitions and when i started competing back in when i was a bit better from shingles i wasn't doing very well like i know in myself that my performances were dropping and when performing is like such a big part of your life and it's not going well it's it's hard you know yeah. and it started to get noticed through the national team and I think I knew that my position was not so secure as it had been because I knew I'd been missing training I'd been missing com- competing and that's a big thing to staying on the team you need to be at the training doing the competitions they kind of expect of you yeah. and I totally respect that but I was just so ill I just was so ill and we had our commonwealth championships coming up Mm. in september and again it got postponed for covid and before covid i was like this is going to be my time this is going to be my like you know like i really really want this to be my goal and so obviously when it was coming around and i knew that my position was at stake i knew that i've got to do something to get picked you know and we had this it wasn't it was a selection day and we had a fitness test and I knew I knew it was coming I, I hate a fitness mm, test no I, same <laughs> oh not the one I knew it was coming and as soon as I finished my shingles or my tonsillitis could have been both at the same time don't really remember I was like I'm going to beast myself so I can pass this fitness test nail it impress the coaches that are going to mm-hmm. pick me to secure my spot and when I did and I got picked well it was done. yeah it was the best feeling ever to be yeah. put in the position of I was in the senior position even though I was I think I was 20, 19 or 20 I don't really remember I was under 21 yeah but as an under 21 being put in the senior spot that was the biggest compliment I think mm. I ever could have done and I, I know I knew after that fitness test I was I couldn't see at the end of it you know push myself to my absolute limits because I was yeah. like I know I need to do this for myself and even though at the competition I came fifth which obviously I'm very happy with but I wanted a medal you know that just getting picked to go meant so much to me because I knew that despite being 
behind everyone else, behind all my competitors by about six months to a year from being ill, everything, out of training, on antibiotics, whatever. Um, it didn't matter. Like, looking back, mm. it didn't matter. I made it. That's all I cared about. And, yeah, that, yeah, that's my biggest achievement. It's not necessarily a medal, but it's more getting picked for something. Yeah, that's incredible yeah. from being, like, bedridden <laughs> to getting to that stage to, like, beat all the other people going for that spot. That's amazing. Yeah, it meant a lot. Do you think um, part of the reason you had your illnesses was because... You were doing so much. It could have well been. I mean, we were in COVID for what, like, oh, however yeah. long, and I had not seen people in yeah. ages. And then all of a sudden, you go uni when there's so many of you. True, actually, it will be yeah. your immune system just not being used to it. Because that was yeah. a thing, wasn't it? Like, yeah. there was a cold that went round after COVID. Yeah. And it was like, it just, well, I think I had it mm. and it just knocked me out. Like, yeah. actually, it was. Well, I had freshest flu and it mm-hmm. was straight after like lockdown. Yeah. And I was so ill for months yeah. just because like everyone's immune systems because they'd just been staying inside. They just weren't used to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that probably was like the reason for it. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, what are your, so you're finishing in, well, probably June this yeah. year. Um, do you know what your next steps are or your future goals? Yeah, so I've applied for a master's and okay. I literally just checked it before I came. It's under assessment, so <gasps> hopefully they, they let me in again. Yeah. Is that, where is that? Here, Here. Nottingham. Nice. Yeah. You love it that much. <laughs> I do. I, they can't get rid of me. Um, so yeah, that'll be a two years master's of um, counselling, which I want to kind of okay. go into when I'm done with uni eventually um so that's kind of my goal and I want to make sure that we have this European University Championships Mm. I want to make sure that I'm USA yeah Yeah. USA I say USA and some people don't know what it means I said it in my first episode with Rachel and I realized after I was like I really didn't explain that very well what it was so Um, we get one of them every year yeah so I want to make sure that in a team event that we get to a medal match. That is my goal. I want us to be in a medal match, and I definitely think we can do it. And if I'm here another two years, we get another two chances, just in case it doesn't happen. But I think that would just do amazing things for the karate club here at Nottingham, Mm -hmm. and for myself personally. Like, I would love that. It's never a bad thing, getting a a medal against all the other European universities. Yeah. have you meddled at uh, USA before? No. So our, our USA is quite similar to a junior European championships mixed with a little bit of a senior European championship. It is mm. a lot harder than expected. Like, when you go into it, you're surrounded by people that are, like, gold medalists and like in, like, mm. big events and things like that. And... I know I've got a long way to go. I, I got, I think I got 11th and stuff, which mm. I'm happy with, but obviously we need to keep pushing on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but my goal, I think we're more likely to get a medal in team than individual, so that's why my goals are kind of set on the team yeah. medal, because yeah. it's a bit more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, well, more fun probably yeah. doing, like, training for team events rather than individual. Yeah, definitely. In my opinion. <laughs> um, finally, I've got one more question. Um... It's a bit of a random one. <laughs> if karate didn't exist, what 
sport would you want to play at a high level? Would I want to or what I would of? Want to. Want to. Any sport in the world? I'm not very brave, but I would love to be able to do what gymnasts do mm. or like something like that because it's just so cool but I can barely do a cartwheel without getting a head rush <laughs> like in it and I'm like whoa like I can't yeah that or something like diving because again so brave could never be me I don't like taking risks I don't know yeah. <laughs> I mean you're like in the national squad for Karate yeah. so you can't be that bad at taking risks but yeah I, something like gymnastics something like diving something that's just like impressive to look at like yeah like that yeah nice well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i really enjoyed talking to you and finding out all about your life um, and you've been a really really good guest thank you so um, much for having me no worries no worries at all um and yeah thank you everyone for listening if you'd like to find out more about like a green and gold girl then you can find us on instagram at like a green and gold girl dot urn and uh if you follow our instagram and follow us on spotify then we can keep you posted on who our next guest will be but thank you very much bye, bye. <laughs>